0: This is Africa Science Focus, the show that shines a spotlight on sub-Saharan Africa's science gems. I'm Michael Kaloki. Welcome back. This week, our editor Fiona Broom goes exploring to learn about South Africa's hidden treasure trove of archaeological secrets. It's
1: Thursday morning here in London and the autumn sunshine is struggling to shine through I'm about to meet with Kenilwe Molopiane in South Africa. We're meeting early in the morning in the hopes that we can beat the builders who are doing some construction work
0: at her office. Dr. Kenilwe Molopiane is one of South Africa's underground astronauts. Instead of shooting into space, she explores deep in the earth. Dr. Molopiane also goes by her scientist superhero name, Bones. Intrigued? We'll tell you more about that a little later in the show. Dr. Molopiane has been described as many things. A paleoanthropologist, a biological anthropologist, and that's just to name a few.
2: Right, yeah, I, I have a lot of titles and they don't reflect who I really am, to be fair. I'm more of an explorer. But as an archaeologist, I study the human past through artifacts and remains that are left behind by past civilizations. My PhD was in biological anthropology, and what this means is that I now tell that story through studying human skeletal remains, so looking at human bones, what the person might have looked like in terms of their sex, were they male or female, how old they were, where they came from, and really building that story of that person.
1: Are there a lot of opportunities in southern africa um to find these kinds of remains
2: oh yes yes um i'm from johannesburg so i'm in gauteng and about 45 to 50 kilometers from johannesburg is an area called the cradle of humankind and it's called that because a lot of the fossil remains over the past 100 years have actually come from this region of the country so it's quite rich in fossils
1: um, you mentioned um, that you're a fellow at the Center for the Exploration of the Deep Human Journey. This is a fascinating title. What is the Deep Human Journey and what are you exploring?
2: Well, the Deep Human Journey, I like to think of it as the new buzzword for evolution. The way that we understand evolution has changed. Uh, when I was in school, it was taught in a very linear fashion. So if you imagine the an image of the progression of man, It's going from one stage to the other, to the other, to the other. And what's happening now with looking at the deep human journey is that we've realized that it's not linear, but there are many branches or streams that protrude from it. So it could be a bush. It could be seen as a river or stream with lots of tributaries. So it's quite complex. and, And that is the essence of, I think, the human journey is understanding how all these things link together or are not linked together at all.
1: Would other parts of the world be as rich in fossils or is there something specific about that area? Yes, I mean,
2: any area has the potential to yield any artifacts or, or fossils, right? It all comes down to preservation. Uh, now, the cradle is quite unique in that it is mostly made up of lots of dolomite caves, which tend to preserve these bones very well right so it's it's the context in which the bones or the, the artifacts are found that will determine whether they're going to survive or not and yes we have all these developing areas around us and that tends to disturb the ground and you might find that there were some artifacts there, not necessarily fossils but maybe some archaeological artifacts but during the building processes that got destroyed So yeah, it's all about the environments in which all these things are found.
0: Dr. Molopiane was named one of the National Geographic Society's Emerging Explorers for 2021 as recognition that her excavations and explorations are helping to change the world one discovery at a time.
1: So what are some of the most exciting digs and underwater explorations that you've been involved with? And are you excavating or digging or exploring right now?
2: I've got a lot of excavation experience. I will say I started excavating my first year of university. Uh, This was in 2005. And that is an excavation that I will probably never forget because that reaffirmed my passion. Um, And again, that was just my my first time holding a trowel in my hand, getting sunburned or heat stroke. So I learned, you got to drink water, always drink water. (laughs) And then I've been underwater diving, looking for a particular shipwreck, uh, telling the story of the slaves that that died when the ship crashed. So that was interesting. That was my my first experience in underwater archaeology, first experience scuba diving as well, which is a whole other story. So that was great. And then the latest adventure was being part of the Rising Star team. So crawling around in caves, tight spaces, getting stuck, in the dark that was fun (laughs) that was that was super fun it scares a lot of people but i found it to be quite incredible at the moment i'm not excavating so 2021 has been pretty much an admin year and preparing for the next year of exploration so 2022 is probably going to be very very busy opening up maybe two additional sites and really getting down to exploring and excavating
1: And what are you hoping to learn from the the explorations that you'll be doing next year? Hmm.
2: I don't know. I have to go to the site first, and the questions are going to come from the site as I'm working it. And that really is what science is, learning in the moment. Planning it might be nice, but sometimes things just come at you in the moment, and I'm very excited for what's going to come from the cradle of humankind. I think something exciting is going to come through.
1: How can we as as communities and societies use this new science and this understanding about the past to make life better in the present and in the future? Ooh.
2: Well, I mean, we, we all learn from our mistakes, right? Go in your hand once because you touch the stove, you know not to touch the stove again. And this is one of the nice things about studying history, archaeology and paleoanthropology is that You have this mosaic of puzzle pieces that you put together. It's not a clear picture, but it's something, right? And you then tend to see some of the blunders that have occurred in terms of how we treat the environment, how we use it, and also how science is conducted, right? Science hasn't been perfect. There are lessons in the historical record that we can learn from that will um, make Better science, and that's what we're, we're working towards.
0: Dr. Molopiane is also one of 49 science superheroes that come from all across Africa. The super scientists can be collected as trading cards, posters, and activity books, and each one of the super scientists has a different super strength. Meat, bones.
1: So you're a member of the Super Scientists Squad, which was developed to inspire young people in Africa to help them see themselves in the faces and life stories of scientists working today. How did you become a super scientist?
2: I, I didn't have any science role models growing up, uh, mostly because I didn't want to be a scientist. Uh, I thought scientists were very boring. There, there were often white males as well, and I was just like, "That's not who I am." still to this day I don't really see myself as a, as a scientist <laughs> and I guess that's that's why super scientist works and the work that I'm doing is that we're changing the face of what a scientist looks like so I I, I knew about super science for uh, a couple of months before I was approached by Justin euro and I was just captivated by by the artwork and just the idea that a scientist could be a superhero right so I was I was fangirl liking almost all the Instagram posts and following them on Twitter. And then I got a DM on my Instagram, like, hey, we really like what you're doing and your sci work. work. Um, would you like to be like a super scientist? And I, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> I really did think it was a joke. And I was also just starting to digest the news that I was a National Geographic explorer as well. But yeah, it started out with fan mail, liking posts, And then they recognized me and I was like, yes, I've made it.
1: So did you come up with your persona, Bones? Yes. So
2: I I came up with Bones. Bones was already in existence, to be fair. She looks very much like me. She has um, signature red hair, which I wear as well. And that is homage to our underwater adventures. You know, the little mermaid Ariel with the red hair. And Bones also has a trowel. Uh, on her chest. And again, that pays homage to my archaeological background as well. And even the suit that she wears, uh, it's a white suit with yellow reflectors. And that is a similar suit to what I wear when I'm working underground and I'm holding a skull of homina lady. Well, it's supposed to look like homina lady. We're going to change it. I'm like, no, keep it, keep it. Because that's how I I got into paleoanthropology. Um, So I think bones has always been around and to Put all those elements together to actually create her as a persona.
1: Fantastic. Um, tell me about the skull that got you into paleoanthropology.
2: So, the skull that we use looks very similar to that of Homer Lady. Uh, so, Homer Lady was discovered in 19. Oh, I'm lying. 20, 2014, 2014, 2015, that's when the Rising Star expedition occurred um, in the Cradle of Humankind in a cave system which is now known as Rising Star. It's a fascinating story of discovery. A group of, I think it's six, six female scientists known as the Underground Astronauts were brought together by Professor Lee Berger to go down into this chamber called the Dinner Lady Chamber where he had received reports that there are bones there, very interesting bones there. And, I mean, it's a difficult chamber to get into. I've been into it a couple of times. Uh, one of the smallest passages that you go through is about maybe 15 centimetres in width, and you have to squeeze your body through that, which is crazy. But when they got into the chamber, they found that the whole floor was just littered with all these bones, and from the excavations that they did, I think they came up with 1,500 individual um, bone material. Um, It it could be more. I I might be getting my numbers wrong, but it's the largest collection of uh, skeletal remains in a small area. And from all those pieces, I think maybe 15 individuals are represented um, just from those bone fragments.
1: Uh, how do you hope to inspire other girls and young women to pursue a career in science, technology, engineering, mathematics? Would you recommend a career like yours? I would
2: not recommend a career like mine, right? I, I would not. And I'm not saying don't don't go into historic studies, paleoanthropology. I just, I want young girls or the future generations to be better, to be better than I am. And one of the ways that I could do this is probably just be more visible so be being active, being out there making sure that people see me, uh, whether it's through my social media accounts doing the work and, and really engaging with people um, so I often get asked what is your piece of advice, uh, I don't really have a solid piece of advice because the advice has to be catered to the person that you're giving it to um, but if there's one thing that I can say, is that there will be opportunities that arise and you have to take them. And when you do take them, it's all about how you act when you get into the room. So if you are given an opportunity, give it 110%, and that will lead to more opportunities coming your way.
0: Sadly, that's all we have time for today. We know that we will be hearing a lot more from Bones in the future. But in the meantime, you can head to www.sidev.net That's www.scidev.net to discover more about Dr. Kenilwe Molopiane's career. And you can catch up on all Africa Science Focus episodes on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to leave a review. Africa Science Focus is produced by SciDevNet and distributed in association with your local radio station. I'm Michael Kaloki. See you again next week. This program was funded by the Carnegie Corporation of New York.